As you know, we are working our way through the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark. We're going through verse by verse, and we have come to the parables. The reason why, and you've heard me say it so many times, but I want to repeat it, so that whenever you open up the gospel of Mark, these two things come back in your mind every time. The reason why Mark wrote the gospel is to tell us who Jesus is. And these parables are talking towards that. And secondly, the reason why the, the, the gospel is written is why Jesus came. He came, and, and in Mark's account, He came to serve us. And how did He serve us? To give His life as a ransom for us. In Philippians, He says He took on the form of a bond servant. He was God. The Bible says He is God, He was with God, and He came down and lived amongst us. Now if it was me, Peter, I might have think, whoa, if I'm God, I'm going to get a lot of followers, I'm going to be wealthy and healthy, and I'm going to get a lot of people, and I built myself a kingdom, and everybody's got to bow down to me. That is what humankind do. But Jesus Christ came not to do that. You see, the people were expecting a king to come back. The Jews were expecting a king to come back and take over the government. But when Mark writes down and, and he speaks to these people, to the Romans, to the Herodians, and to the Jews, he, when he writes this down to us here in Karam Down, he wants you and me to understand that Jesus Christ came, he came as a servant, as a bond servant. In the form of a bond servant he was found, and then he was taken to the cross and he died. A, a sinless man. A man with no fault. You remember when Pilate stood there and he washed his hands and he says, I wash my hands because this man is innocent. Mark writes to us about this man. Last week we came to the parables. What did we learn through the parables? The parable we learned that the sower is Jesus Christ. He came and he sows the word. And that word is the gospel. Now today we're going to look at a second parable. It's a short parable, and uh, I'm not going to try to labor it out to over an hour, okay? We're just going to stay with it, and we're going to talk through that. So let's open up in Mark chapter 4 verse 21, as we continue the narrative. Also he said to them in verse 21, Is a lamb brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Question mark. It's a good question. Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden. Everybody say nothing. What does nothing mean? Well, you know me now. I'm going to say nothing. <laughs> there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed. Nor has anything been kept secret that it should come to light. If anyone has an ear to hear, let him hear. Then he said to them, take heed, watch out, be careful, take heed what you hear. That is so important, those words, in our society today. Be careful what you hear, take heed. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has to him, more will be given, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. 
the Lord bless the public reading of His Word. Let's thank Him. Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank You for Your Word, Lord. These are a few passages, a few scripture verses, but it's so rich and it brings us closer to You. It makes us more understand You. And the Bible says, Lord, that it will build our faith. That's what I'm praying for, Lord. Father, I pray that Your Word will go out and return not void, but accomplish everything it's purposed for. In the wonderful name of Jesus, amen. So we find the second parable here. Now the parable of the sower, we saw the people's reaction to the word that's being preached. You remember that? We spoke about the wayside people. You remember those? Those were the really hardened hard people. I've preached it last week. It's on the net. You can go on the podcast and listen. It's people who's really hot in their heart. And it says that when the seed is sown out, the birds of the air came and they scoop down and they pick up these seeds. The word is the word that I'm preaching today. And even in this place today, there might be people sitting in this place who's got a hardened heart and the word will not go in. It will just come into their mind. They will hear what I'm saying, but it will not go deeper in. It will have no effect in their lives. Those are the wayside people. And there's a lot of those people in our world. There's a lot of those people in the church even. And then we spoke about the rocky people, isn't it? What, what, what do we call them? The stony people. That's where the words fall and there's a little layer of sand. The seed goes in. The birds didn't see it. It springs up really quickly. So excited for it. But then the sun comes over, the Bible says in the parable, and it withers away. It withers away. And we remember when Jesus gave them the, the clarification of the parable, it's the cares of life and all of the things that happen. And, and there's no root in themselves. You remember that? There's a root in my parents. There's a root in a Christian friend. Or there's a root in a church. But not in themselves in Christ. And it withers away. And then we had the thorny people. The thorny people is where the seed comes and it falls amongst the thorns. You see, these people never went in and dug out all of those rocks in their lives. The, the thorns in there, the things, they never sat before God and say, Cleanse me, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit come in. And when the Spirit comes into their lives and expose something in their lives, they never said, Lord, help me to get this out of my life. And what happens, the Bible says, they grow up and the thorns, the thorns killed of the good seed. The good seed. And there's three thorns he spoke about. The cares of the world. Our, our zeal to live in this world. The things that come with the world, you know, it, it is also a crowded heart. There's so many things cramped into that person's heart. And, and Christ needs to find some little space in there. You know, I'll, I'll give Christ 10 minutes of my day or, or I'll give Him just an hour on a Sunday because my heart is so crowded, there's no space for Him. There's no space for the Word and the seed to grow or to become something useful in His hands. And then we spoke about the good people. Now when I say good people, I want everybody to smile. Because those are the people we like, isn't it? That's where the seed comes and it falls on good ground. 
You see, this ground has already been prepared. It's all of those things taken away. And the seed goes in and it, and it permeates and it comes out at the right time. The Holy Spirit comes and He waters it and it waters it. And it springs up and it brings forth good fru uh, fruit. This was the first parable. Now the reason why I gave you a little bit of a, 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 you know, a caption of that is because the second parable is in context to that parable. This parable. It's in context to that. In that parable we saw the reaction of the people to the word of God. And would you believe it, people are still rejecting the word of God. It, it is not amazing to me because the Bible talks about it. People in the last days will be lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure and all of these things, but not lovers of the Word of God. Which is amazing to me because the Bible also says that the Word of God is the only thing that will stand the test of time. You've got it right. Not, not the songs that the rock singer sings and it's been repeated over, over, over decades. What I'm talking about is over centuries, over ages, the Word of God is the only, the only thing that will stand the test of time. He says, yesterday, today and forever. Who's the same? Jesus is the same. And His Word will not fall. This is the most valuable thing that God left for you and for me. Is the Word of God. The Word of God brings us closer to Him. The Word of God exposes His thoughts to us. The Word of God changes us into the image of His Son. His Son. Selah. Think about that. And here we see the reaction of people to that. And, and what I said last week, I mean, because the Bible says that in a crowd, in a crowd, this is a crowd to me, more than one is a crowd, believe it or not. In a crowd, there will be people representing these people. And Jesus was not impressed by that because we saw the reaction. Now, as we come to today's parable, and we look at the parable of the Lamb, we see people's reaction to the light. To the light. We're going to see the reaction to the light. If the sower was Jesus, who is the light? There's only one. There's only one, and his name is Jesus. Name above all names. How wonderful. Brother and sister, I just want to preach to you. Jesus. Now, it's not Jesus only. I'm not into that sect. I believe in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But Jesus came as the center of our Bible at the cross. Where the Old Testament looked towards the cross. And we're looking back to the cross. Let's look at this parable and see how it opens it up. It says, He said to them, is a lamb brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? What is the answer to those two questions? No. That's a straightforward answer. You don't bring a lamb into a place to put it under a bed, do you? I mean, if I go and I'm an interior decorator and I go into a house and I say, look, the best place for me to put this light is under your bed. It's going to give you a glow under the bed. You're going to say, but then I'm not going to see at night. I'm going to bump into things. That doesn't matter. There's a beautiful glow under your bed. That's not where a light goes. Nor under a basket. Because the basket will close it down. And, and here is the thing, you know, we need to understand who or what is the lamp he's talking about. Now, immediately, remember this is a parable. And what did I say about a parable? 
A parable is when you take a story and cast it alongside a truth. That's what it is. Para, alongside. Obel, which is the truth. Okay? So, we need to think of this now. When he spoke this to the people in Palestine or in, in, in immediate in Galilee, everybody there, they would have understood immediately what a lamp is. You and I don't. We walk up to the wall and we flick a switch and the light comes on. But they didn't. They had a, they had a clay pot and they had to put oil in the clay pot and there's a pit in the clay, in the oil. And they would light that. It's a flame. It burns. Now immediately you can think for yourself, if you put that thing under a brush or, or a basket, what's going to happen? It's going to burn the thing down. That's, this is my logic that tells that to me. That's logic telling you that. But this is what they had. And immediately for those people, they thought about the story and they would sit there and go, you're right, Jesus, you don't put it under a basket. You don't put it under a bed, but you put it on the lamp stand. For what reason? For what reason do you bring a lamp into a dark room? To give light. To give light. If you put it under the bed, you have no light. If you put it under a basket, you have no light. But if you put it in the room, it illuminates the whole room. You can see where you go. You can see what is around it. But you see, the reason why this is such a fantastic parable is the way that Mark writes these words. He writes specific. Is a lamb brought... He writes it in a specific way. Let me show you and let me open it up to you. He says, this word here, he uses the word for broad, the Greek word, erchomai. Erchomai. You say, he preaches, so what? Well, there's a lot in that. I get excited about it. Because erchomai means to come. Now, if you think about a lamb, a lamb can't come by itself, can it? Come on, be with me, can it? You have to pick a lamp up and take it where you want it to be. But when he writes it in this particular way in Greek, this is Mark, he says, he uses the word erchomai, he says, is a lamp brought. It means that that lamp itself comes. That, that word there is described and said of a person that comes forth. Again, remember what a parable is. A parable is a story for some people. But it's alongside the truth. Some people in the crowd would say, yes, I get it. It's a clay pot with oil in it, with a light on it. But when Jesus explained it to them further, we need to understand who the lamp is. It's not the clay pot he was talking about. The spiritual application here goes further than that. He uses the word erchomai. Now we know who this person is. We know who he is. It is... Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And this is the thing is, what do you do with that light? Let me give you some examples if you say, but preacher, give me examples. In John chapter 1 verse 1, the word says, in the beginning was the word. Can you see that that word is with a capital letter? The word in Greek there is logos. It means the written word. He says, in the beginning was the written word, the logos. And the word was with God. This is a very important scripture verse in your Bible. Okay? And the word, everybody say that, was God. Now can you see there's not an A in there? He was not a God and the word was God. 
He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him, this is not the important part, verse 4, in Him was what? Life. And the life was the light of men. Erchomai. Erchomai, the light came into the room, and what are you going to do with that light? He says, his life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The darkness did not comprehend it. Let me tell you something about darkness. You can't bring darkness into this room, can you? If this place is dark, it comprehends the room. But if you bring light into the room, what happens? Darkness flees. This is how wonderful it is. Our lives, your life and my life was darkness and it comprehended your whole being until the light of lights came into our lives and darkness flees away. This is it. This is the parable that you need to understand. If the first parable is about the sower, this is about the lamb. Let's look at another verse here, John chapter 8 verse 12. He says, then Jesus spoke to them again. And I want to bring this back to you now. Because if you say to me, but preacher, why do you say the word there is Jesus? Well, Jesus says it himself. He says he came, his life was the light. And in verse, John 8 verse 12, he says, then Jesus spoke to them again in saying, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The light of life. This is so marvelous. This is so wonderful. Who is the light? Are you the light? No, you cannot be the light. Let me ask you this question as well, just to go further, because we spoke about the law in the Old Testament. Is the law the light? Yes. But who fulfilled that light? Jesus Christ. The law was a tutor. The law pointed towards Him. But the true light is Jesus Christ. And now let's continue on. You see... The people, a part of the crowd, did not pick up on this. They go, yes, he's talking about a lamp now, this clay pot that goes in. Now this was told. In the crowd there was religious leaders. There was people with hardened hearts. They saw him, but they didn't see him. Shall I say that again? They saw Jesus, but they didn't see him. He was right there with them. In Isaiah chapter 53 verse 2 he says, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. This was said about Jesus Christ when he went to the cross. When he went to the cross, what happened? The light was risen up on the cross for all to see. But people would stand there and say, that is not my light. That is not what I wanted. That is not my perception of Jesus Christ. He is not what I want. Look at him. He's weak. He died. He died a, 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 a robber's death. 
a burglar's death, a thief's death, lying there amongst thieves. And this is what this verse says. The form and the companies, when they see him, there is no beauty that they should desire him. The same happened to the crowd. He said to them in the crowd, he spoke about this light. And they did not behold him. They did not see him. It was not comeliness to, he, to them. In John chapter 3 verse 19, it makes it clearer for us. He said, and this is the condemnation that the light is coming to the world. And men love darkness rather than light. And there is the biggest problem of our day today. People love darkness more than the light. We see it all around us. I mean, today is Sunday, this morning, people will stand up, if you take them back last night, they love to walk in darkness. And they love darkness more than light. Now, it's easy for us in church to sit here and to say, yeah, we don't do those things. But here is the thing, brother and sister, even a small sin, even sin is darkness in your life that you hold before Him. People love that more than life and the light. Because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light. Lest his deeds should be exposed. Oh, people don't want to be exposed. The dark things. They don't want to be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light. That his deeds may be clearly seen. That they have been done in God. You see again, the light was there with them. And some people saw this as a beautiful story of Jesus. Of Jesus. Now let me just say this, brothers and sisters. This is how you can expose false doctrines and cults and preachers. If the light Jesus Christ is not center of their belief, they are not Christian. If the light Jesus Christ is not center of their belief, and they're preaching. They are not Christian. They are preaching a different gospel. You have to see the light. You have to follow the light. You have to see the sower. And you have to take the seed. And this is what happens here. Some saw just this. Now he explains. Jesus himself explains this parable in verse 22. He says, for there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it shall come to light. What was hidden? What was hidden? The identity of Christ. The identity of Christ as the light. That was hidden to them. Some people again saw the story. They go, yeah, Jesus, we get it. You don't put the light under a bed. The lamp that we have. But he was talking about the true light that comes in. Now, there's two kind of revelations that we have with the light. The first revelation is an outward revelation. A revelation of God. In John chapter 1 verse 18, he says, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. So, the revelation out of this comes, if Jesus reveals Himself as the light, who do we see through the light? We see the Father. He reveals the Father. There's an outward revelation. So if Jesus comes into your life, if He comes into the room, if He comes into your home, what does it reveal? It reveals Him. More the glorious. More the wonderful to behold. To be seen. In John 14, 6, He says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. So the revelation here of that light is whom? It's Jesus Christ revealing the Father. And how does the Holy Spirit then come in? How does the Holy Spirit come in? The Holy Spirit comes and He lives within us. And what does He do? Let me give you the work of the Holy Spirit. I think it's important. It's not on the board, but I'm going to open up in my Bible. <coughs> in, uh, in John chapter 16... In chapter 16, verse 5, he says, But now I go away to him who sent me. None of you ask me where I go, because I've said to you things uh, your sorrow has fault. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come. Now let me ask the question, who believed that he came? The Holy Spirit. Absolutely he did. He came. He says, when He has come, He will convict the world of sin. It's the Holy, Con Holy Spirit to convict you. Don't get mad at the preacher. It's the Holy Spirit who convicts you. And of righteousness. What is righteousness? To live a life acceptable to God. So first of all, He's going to convict you of your sin. You're a sinner. You were born in sin. And then what does it say in 1 John chapter 1 verse 8? If you confess your sin, He is faithful and just to do what? To forgive you of your sins. But then in that same verse, He continues in, He says, and cleanse you from your unrighteousness. 1 John chapter 1 verse 8. Here He says, the work of the Holy Spirit is that when He has come, He will convict you of your sin and of righteousness. In other words, He says, your lifestyle, your habits, the things you do. We're still living in this body of sin. We still live in this body. Paul says, O oh, wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of sin? He speaks in the present tense when he was alive. The man who wrote the big part of our New Testament. He says, who will save me from this body of sin? The Holy Spirit will convict you of that. And then he says, finally, and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. In other words, you haven't got an example of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So what is it? The first revelation is the revelation of Jesus. Secondly, it's an inward revelation. Let me explain. Inward, 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shone our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So what does it mean? That revelation that came into the room that he says, if you put it on a lampstand, it's there to shine out to everybody. And that's the revelation. And by the way, that revelation to the world today comes via us. To live a Christ-like life amongst people in the world. They look at your works and give glory to God. That's how we shine it out to the world. The light shines through us. But here inwardly first that light shines in our darkened hearts. And what happens? It eliminates our hearts. It shows our sin. I just gave it to you. Sin, righteousness, judgment. Sin, righteousness, judgment. 
The Holy Spirit's going to do that. The light came. We saw the light. And what did the light do? It shined in your dark heart. It's an inward revelation of His work within you. You see, the light serves as a standard for true Christian faith. Who's the light? Jesus Christ. He's the standard. Anything placed equals with the revelation of Jesus. Anything. Those people are not Christian. It's a different gospel. Paul says it. He says it to the Corinthians. He said, there's people that came up and they wanted to give me all of this. He says, I don't want to hear anything amongst you but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The light that shines into darkness. Now, he puts it right after that. He says in Mark chapter 4 verse 23, If anyone who has ears, let him hear. And I remember last week I said, it's a Semitic idiom here that he uses. It shows the need for a careful thinking and a personal application. So, everything that I've said so far, everything, you need to think about it. And then you need to apply it. There's so many times he uses these words. If anyone who has ears, let him hear. It doesn't mean if you've got physical ears. Because you are hearing me. Is that right? Is everybody hearing me? Veda, you can hear me perfectly. I don't have to speak louder, do I? Everybody's hearing. But what he's talking about is a spiritual hearing here. He says if you've got ears, hear. And then you need to, you need to think carefully about it. And then you need to apply it personally to your life. It means to hear so as to do. Hearing must result into action. This is what this idiom means. So, I've heard this morning, you go out and people say, How was church? What, what did your preacher preach about? Well, he was talking about the parable of the Lamb. Okay, so what is the application for this week for you? You've heard it. The Lamb is Jesus Christ. He revealed Himself. He's the light who came into the world. He revealed Himself in my life. He saved my life. The life is shining in, in me and out of me. How, how does it apply? What's the application? You need to shine that light as on a lampstand and not put it under a bed or a basket. Because there's a responsibility upon you. You see, some people think I'm saved and I'm just going to sit in church and wait until I die and then go to heaven. Hey, that's not nice, is it? Sitting here, just waiting, just waiting the day that I'm going to die and then I'm going to go to heaven. That's not why He saved you. He saved you to be productive in His kingdom. How? How am I productive in His kingdom? Let His light shine. Let His light shine through you. Because that is a responsibility that falls upon you. He's going to ask each and every one of you and myself. He's going to, we're going to stand before Him one day and He's going to say, he knows it already, but he wants you to answer, okay? I just want to be clear about that. He is going to ask you, what have you done with that which I've given you? What have you done with it? Oh, but you know, I, I had so many pro I said so many things I'm going to do. He's not going to say, what have you said about it? What have you done? What have you done with the lamb, the parable of the lamb that you heard that morning on Sunday? Are you putting it under the basket during the week and it comes out on a Sunday? Are you putting it under the bed so that you can sleep over it? What have you done? You see, and, and this comes now to the next thing which you really need to ponder now. Look at this. Because you may ask the question, preacher, so what? So what about the lamp? 
You know, how long can you still preach on this lamp? I told you. And you know me, I can preach two hours for that. Because he says in Mark, so the question is, so what? In Mark 24, 24, he says, Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure that you use, what is use? Is it an action or what? Use is an action. With the same measure that you use it, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. How wonderful is that? I get excited about the word of God, brother and sister. Hear what he's saying. He's saying to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. Let me explain just quickly. Let me just jump in there. Because I get excited about it. He gives you something and, and you grow spiritually. And you go, wow, I haven't seen that before. Who, who of you do Bible study now for more than 10 years and you go, I've read this passage five years ago. I never saw that. It's as if it opens up new to you. Because you're here and he's going to give you more. It's really wonderful. That's how you grow. He says then, for whoever has to him, more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And this is the, the much and the, the, the little. People who has more, more will be given. These are the ones who receive the light. You get one truth. You rejoice. You apply it to your life. And then God comes and he gives you another truth. And you receive it. And you rejoice about it. And you apply it to your life. And you grow. And God comes and He gives you another truth. And what do you do? You receive it. You rejoice about it. You apply it to your life. And God comes and He gives you another truth. And then what do you do? You receive it. How long do you think I need to continue on? But here you go. You get one person who matures in the Word of God. At, at one stage, Paul comes, he says, oh, in, the, in the book of Hebrews, he comes, he says, by now you ought to be preachers, but you are still drinking milk. What's going on? What's going on here? This principle is going on there. We've got Michael at the back there. He's growing to become a young boy, and we've got Matthew. I, I, I saw them growing up. Milk, titty bottle milk, titty bottle milk, titty bottle milk. There's come, 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 come a day and age when milk is not good enough anymore. It's now more solid food that needs to grow that boy. And then it's going to come the day when he's going to sit down and say, Opa, I want to eat with you a T-bone steak now. He's not ready for it now. But one day he's going to be ready for that. But can you see that's the same principle? Some people, some people, believe it or not, they receive it or they hear the word, but they don't receive it. They, they go, yeah, I, I get it, but they don't rejoice and apply it to their lives. And what does the word say there? He's going to take it away. That's the principle of use it or lose it. That's the principle. He, you, you get so excited, and, and it goes back to the previous parable. You know, the word comes in, you get so excited and zealous about it. You don't apply it to your life. You don't use it. You don't practice in it. Then you lose it. And the second time it comes around, you say, yeah, yeah, I've, I've already heard that. Because now there's a layer of hardness coming around it. Can you, can you see the principle here? People who have little will have none. That's what this says. These are those who reject the light. They reject the light totally. And this is it. Final word today. I haven't got a, I, I normally say by now I've got one more verse, do I? 
I've got no more verses, but I want to say to you, the whole message of this parable is the light is to be revealed and not concealed. Who is the light? Jesus Christ. And you need to reveal Him. If He comes into your life, the light comes in, and you are a light, you need to take that light into the world and not hide it. Put it on a lampstand and let the world see. Let the world see that light. It needs to be revealed. That's the parable of the Lamb. Amen? Have we learned something today? Have you received it today? I know some people say, what is this? It's only a short parable, but it's so deep. Because the same way that some people rejected the seed from the sower, people will reject the light. Or they will put the light under the bed or under a basket. Let's pray.